Speaking of baseball. Yeah, speaking of baseball. <laughs> speaking of baseball. I love it how I just move on as though people were listening to our previous conversation. They should have been here. Baseball got mentioned. Mm. Reminded me of something. Yes. Since I started with speaking, speaking of, of baseball, baseball. I saw a video. Mm. Um, I don't know if it – I don't think it was a TikTok. I think it was maybe a Do real – Do TikTok? No, I don't. But you see TikTok arrive. Because people oh, will share TikToks so on Facebook and all that kind of Insta stuff. Insta and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. So I reckon it was probably like a Facebook reel mm-hmm. or an Instagram, what are they? Insta. Instagram squid. I don't know, whatever <laughs> the fuck they are. Anyway, one of the little videos. Yes. Uh, and it's a, it's a baseball team <laughs> in the state somewhere that apparently was languishing in the league. Oh, right. Wasn't, dwellers. Wasn't going well. Mm-hmm. Uh, they were losing a few dollars, I believe. They weren't getting a lot of fans turning up. Right. So they invented this – well, I assume they invented it <laughs> – invented this technique where they started doing this dance right before they pitched the ball. So it would be the, the picture and there'd be four players that are, what, in the diamond somewhere? Yeah, or, yeah, second base, yep. shortstop, and they'd, And they do base. this – the music would kick in. Yes. And they'd do this choreographed little dancing. And then they'd pitch. And then go bang and pitch. Yes, and now it's become this huge big deal. So they've got people turning up to the games because it's made it entertaining. It's different. Doing it's dance. fun. And they never know when they're going to do this. So I don't think it's an every game thing. Oh, okay. I'm, I'm assuming. I haven't really read into it. I I've think just it's, seen the I think video. It's the, I think the original reason is to put the batter off. Oh, definitely. Yeah. I mean, that's the whole thing. They've used yeah. it as a concept for that. Yes. But they've also used it as a reason to get fans to the ground. I mean, if you could imagine that in cricket, like if you could have imagined – I don't know, David Boone. <laughs> Silly mid on. Yep. Twerking. Yeah. I mean yeah, like, like a wombat. Like a wombat. If you're gonna imagine a wombat twerking. Doing a doing a stripper drop. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> but it's pretty good, I must admit. Yes. Like you got four of them just coordinated. Mm. There was not, rehearsals. Not perfect. Doesn't Because have to they're be. not dancers. No. They're at, well, in theory, athletes. <laughs> okay. Know? I mean, I know you the, know what the amount of money I know the dad bod can appear in baseball. The amount of money they make, they can call themselves whatever the fuck exactly they want. Exactly right. They are professional <laughs> sports people. Well, not denying that. No different. That's exactly darks. what they are. True. Yeah. And they're not athletes. Oh, I wouldn't say so. Don't get me wrong. Some are fit. Some are. Yeah. Some of them actually do have to do a little bit of sport. Yeah. First base. He's not doing anything. <laughs> fucking just, just there. Standing on the bag. Just there. Taking a catch. Mm. Anyone. Oh, look, <laughs> I now mm. would grab a cushion off the couch. Yes. Stand one foot on it. Perfect. Just stand there. Yep. See you. And just look about. Perfect. And I'm an athlete. Yep. <laughs> a, <laughs> lounge <laughs> leet, <laughs> a lounge leet. A lounge leet. A lounge leet. Yeah. I'm a, I could be one of those. I could. You could. But uh, I'm not. No. No. Don't have the pitching skills either. Got to admit. Mm. Wasn't the strongest throwing cricket. Now, you have so. been to the Americas. Yes. Have you attended a baseball game? No, I haven't. Good fun. Yeah, I, I wanted to, but I think it was off-season or whatever whilst I was there or, or there weren't games on in areas where I was at the time. Or The good thing is with baseball, they play, I think, three games a week. Mm. So it's not like the real sports. Of course, they're not doing much. Exactly. It's just <laughs> fucking playing a bit of backyard cricket, really. 
Um, yeah, so we went to when we went, we went to Anaheim and saw the Angels play. Mm-hmm. Uh, not dogs are talking, woo woo, because <laughs> that would have been fucking great. If I had rocked up to see the Anaheim Angels and got uh, Doc. And that would have been before Doc passed as well. Yeah, easy. Mm. <laughs> he is now literally with the Angels. Yeah. Is was he? with the Angels before. Now yeah, he is again. Is he? Oh, he might not be. I don't know. Maybe I don't he didn't go belief. up top. Maybe he went down below. I don't know what he Maybe believed. he he went to the, the kingdom of, I don't know, bubble blowers. I don't know. Maybe he was reincarnated as a shortstop. Maybe. <laughs> <laughs> don't know. Shortstop. Uh, it was good fun. There's, it's not. It's like Test cricket, not action packed. Is baseball right for the most part? You do have moments of oh fuckery, that's going on, but for the most part, it's the grind, a bit more strategy and all that kind mm-hmm. of stuff. A bit like Test cricket, Chess Max. Yeah. yeah, and so they do try and add elements of shenanigans. To make right. it a bit more interesting for the punters, shenanigans, as in we're talking like mascots and that kind of thing. You mean, mascots or the actual players the themselves? Waves. No, it's just all. It's all right. about the. So there's a lot of noise. Exactly in between pitches, a bit like when you went and saw the basketball. Yep, lots of fucking music, and in between innings. So when you go from batting to pitching, there's that changeover period, and that mm-hmm. happens obviously nine times at least in a game of baseball. Because yep. um, even I know there's nine innings. Yeah. Um. Yeah, there's always something going on. There'll be competitions and kiss cam and all that kind of stuff. Yep. Yeah. I will say, though, you see the kiss cam videos and stuff around, and some of those are funny. Some are very funny. I do, you must. It must happen so often when you see people take a sign that says, it's my sister. <laughs> <laughs> and then they kiss them anyway. And then they well, because, you know. Yeah, why not? Any port in a storm? Love is love, Joe. Is it? Is it? <laughs> I think so. Is it? You go... Down south in the Americas. <laughs> Y'all. Love is love. <laughs> Y'all. <laughs> love is love and doesn't always wear a glove. No. Mm. <laughs> oh, what's been going on? Oh, been doing a bit. Been golfing again. Have you? Yeah, we had an Ambrose foursome on Saturday. Foursome, hello. Hello. Not that kind of foursome. Mm. Much more fun. Old man involved? Old man was involved. <laughs> Excellent. Uh, and Mr. House, James House, also had a game with us. Perfect. And we had Jared. He was a ring-in. We hadn't met Jared, Jared before. Yes. Um, he's come in, and um, we did all right. Did you? Ran second. Fucking hell. Ended up- um, That's a meat tray. We were, what are we, eight under? Right. For the day. Perfect. Ended up giving us a 53 net. Wow. Uh, and uh, the winner mm-hmm. was on 51 and three quarters or something. Oh, shit. Had a so banger of a day. Off. Not far off at all. I did get a little dance moment. Mm-hmm. You, know, you just got to celebrate the big moments, Joe. You don't get them very often. <laughs> yep. So we're on the second. Mm-hmm. Uh, we had to take Dad's drive. For those who – fucking here we go. Get excited, people. Settle in. <laughs> we're talking <laughs> settle, Ambrose golf. Settle in for a penguin, royal penguin. The way an Ambrose works is just to give those non-golfers a bit of an idea. Mm. Uh, team of four. Mm-hmm. Well, you can do a twosome, but it's an Ambrose foursome. Team of four, all tee off. You take the best drive. Mm-hmm. And you all hit from that point, then you take the best of the next shot and the best and the best until you get in the hole. Yeah. Plain and simple. Uh, to do it properly these days, though. But you do need to take a certain amount of drives. That's right. You've got to have. You've got to take three drives each minimum. Yeah. So you can't always rely on one big no, hitter. So no. you kind of get there and go, you know what? That wasn't the worst drive from that person. Let's just take that one because it's still in an okay position. Yeah. It's like the way we started the first three holes. 
I've gone down the middle, bang, down the middle, bang, down the middle, bang. And it's like, okay, this is not working, guys. <laughs> yeah. But anyway, so we had uh, we had to take oh, – it was two more of Dad's drives in the last five holes. Everyone else had taken these. Mm-hmm. And Dad doesn't hit it as long. No. So I thought on the – and now uh, we we're going down the second. Mm-hmm. Um, and because we don't start on the first when we do Saturday comp, you all start shotgun. as a shotgun start. Yep. We start on the eighth. So we're going down the second – and we thought, okay, all we need is to get, take Dad's drive here. It's not a long hole. Yep. And he's gone a little bit to the right. It's a bit of a hard shot. We slowed about it. I did three wood in. Mm. Um, so the other guys kind of got a hold of theirs, didn't quite get it there. I've hit a three wood. It's finished up on the left hand, on the right hand side, just probably a metre off the green. Yep. So at least we're thinking, cool, we'll get our par. Yep. We've got four chips up, four putts, we'll get the par. All good. Done. But we we're hoping to get another birdie at least before we finished. Yeah, why not? You know, just, um, we sat there and Jared, mm. the ring in. Yeah, it's the ringer. Yeah, we're talking. The other guys still wandering up. I said, you know, one thing we haven't had today, any luck. Yeah, like okay. on the second hole, which was the ninth, mm-hmm. um, I had a, probably an eight-foot putt that basically went up beautifully, wasn't going very fast, went in the hole, hit the pin slightly, looped out and came out of the hole. Would have been our first up. birdie. And we're thinking, that's oh, one of those days. Yeah. One of those days, Joe. Where it rims out and not <laughs> yeah, rims in. Exactly. So we're thinking, we've gone all day and we haven't had any luck. Mm. We haven't gone terrible. Yeah, but- Had no luck. Um, anyway, so I've lined up and I'm thinking, I'm going to putt this way and chip it. Oh, yeah. yeah and, and we're switch. talking, I don't know, it's like, it's like a 70 metre putt. Oh, shit. <laughs> it's a long putt. <laughs> Did you get the driver out? Uh, nearly needed to. Okay. And I've just given this thing a whack. Yeah. <laughs> and it's gone and it's gone and I'm watching it, and I'm watching it, and I'm suddenly it's like, go in! <laughs> it's a pin drops. <gasps> and I've just put the, dropped the putt, I put the arms up, <laughs> and done an aeroplane. <laughs> it's fucking your, brilliant. Your father has died with shame. Ah, oh, it was brilliant. Can you believe this man came from my balls? <laughs> <laughs> so, but it was good, though. I gave us another one. Yeah, no, it was a good day. Excellent. And it was meant to pour with rain for a few hours on Saturday. Yeah, it was it got, okay in the morning. We got nothing until about probably half an hour after we finished. It was perfect. F- the gods of golf were kind. The gods of golf were kind. Oh, that was so good to us. That's all you can ask for. Yeah, so that was kind of the weekend. Hmm. And um, I won't mention the football because our boys did give your boys a, a one-goal defeat. Yeah, it wasn't much, so though. So the Pies did get over the Saints. It was a scrappy game. Wasn't the hiding it could have Don't been. Don't think either of us really could take much away from it, but we'll take the four points and That's move what you can on. Do. And you know what, mate? I'm not going to gloat. You should because that's not what we do. It's it's so exactly what Collingwood supporters are known for. See, what you're doing now yes. is the reverse of what you think I should be doing. No, no, no. It's not at gone all. over to your side of the table because <laughs> you're you're doing a reverse psychology. Mm-mm. I'm calling a spade a fucking shovel. No, you, just, you know you're using confirmation bias, mate. <laughs> confirmation bias. You are, that's what you're doing. I found something you, that you supports found a few my people, point of view. Yep. You've had a few people that, are, you know, they, they just gloat. And I've got to admit, all teams have them. Mm. Um, it's just that there's more Collingwood supporters around the land probably than other teams. Mm. So you think there's more of them. And then one other person kind of gloats a bit and you go, yeah, all Collingwood supporters do that. Mm-hmm. You know what? They don't. They don't, Joe. Oh, no, I'm not saying all. <laughs> I'm just saying that I support St Kilda. Yeah. So we get beaten by a lot of teams frequently. <laughs> okay, it's not something on a good roll this season, though. On I will a give great you that. run this season, uh, I would suggest to you that it's almost eighty percent of the messages I get about football, about when St Kilda lose, 
are from Collingwood supporters. <laughs> no one else. Well, no one else will give me a touch, a, a St Kilda a touch up and Maybe go. you don't know many other supporters, Joe. Maybe that's what it is. That's Maybe it I've got be. Joe no mates. That's my problem. <laughs> I just don't know enough people. You're, you are so unpopular. <laughs> yes. The only friends you've got are Collingwood supporters. <laughs> <laughs> that's how black and white your life is. So me, so few mates. You can only oh. have friends that are Collingwood supporters. Oh, you poor thing. I tell you what, that is a, that is a good sledge. The only the only worst position you could be in right now mm. is if you're the redditor to go out of Harry Potter. That's <laughs> that's the only worst scenario. Ron Weasley <laughs> hanging shit on Ron Weasley. Oh, no one wants to be a Weasley. No one. I mean, uh-huh. would I, take his money or shit. You. So I'm assuming he's still doing okay. I think he's doing yeah, okay. I haven't seen anything in the socials or anything about him blowing his money on. Hookers and, and booze. Blows and blues yeah. or drugs or yep. um, gambling no. or bad investments even. I mean, yep. like, you can just get unlucky. Maybe um, 17 divorces. No. Like, no. Well, you've got to find 17. They're going to marry you first. Yeah. I mean, true. Well, yeah, but, you know, he's got the money. Even yeah. with the red hair, had the money. Mind you. He know. was so bad off, he impersonated Ed Sheeran in a film clip. I mean, <laughs> he couldn't have been himself. Couldn't have been. I tell you what, though. Fucking, I... There must be some sort of God must love gingers. You reckon? Well, because he he hates them enough to make them ginge, but then he makes them <laughs> then he makes them the Ron Weasleys. He makes them the Ed Sheerans. He makes them the Lewis Capaldis. He gives them talent. True. And then there's me. So yeah. you know, it's all swings and roundabouts. Oh, mate, I think you're very talented. Very talented. Thank you. Speaking Sp- of, I'm going to say, have you seen the Lewis Capaldi doco on Netflix? I have. I yeah. saw it the day it came out. Hmm. It's no, good, isn't spoke it? About it? Yeah, we did. But I don't think we spoke about it on air, though. No, you had a couple of beverages. That was Easter Thursday, I think we spoke about it. Oh, might have been. Both loved it. Mm. Um, I loved – have you been to the YouTubes? You know his new oh. one, which oh, he does yeah. the remake of the Wham! film clip? Oh, yes, I know. Yep, yep, yep. Have I you thought you were going to say the new clip. No, have you right. watched the, the Wham! film clip and the Lewis Capaldi film clip side by side? No. So fucking good. <laughs> For those who don't know, I can't remember what song it is. I can't remember which Lewis Capaldi song. Go to YouTube, look it up, and they will show you side by side a Wham! film clip from the 80s and the brand new Lewis Capaldi film clip where Lewis Capaldi is basically George Michael. Yep. Shirt off, and he does not look like 1980s George Michael. <laughs> no, he does not. He And he's and he's wearing these tidy whities and does have no fucks to give. But there is just this subtle nuance of the director. And Lewis does these couple of little hand movements that you wouldn't even notice that George Michael does. And Lewis is doing those. And it's just beat for beat. He's actually, uh, he's had his shirt off a lot lately. <laughs> like he's really, he's playing the sexy well, game. Good for him. Good <laughs> for him. Have you seen his latest film clip? No, I can't say I have. Oh, my God. Genius. Talk a, we'll watch it after this podcast. Okay. Be prepared for a teary, though. Oh, really? More oh. than someone on? Yeah, when he had the um, Peter Capaldi yeah. doing the clip. Um, it's got me. it's got that style to it. And it was interesting that the Peter Capaldi, when it, when it first came out, I think you and I spoke about this, that we both thought that was an interesting film clip for what we thought, what I thought was a love song. Yeah. And the reality after watching this doco is that the song was actually a, a song of lament after his grandmother. Yeah, that was, so it was a song of loss and not a song of love. Yeah, lost. it's interesting how you don't always understand what songs mean, and you don't mm. need to either. No, 
because you take it in your own and you use that for what you need to use it for, and yeah. and then it becomes a a bookmark to your life because that song meant something at the time. Mm. So fuck, look at us going serious. Okay, well, actually, I'm going to keep on going with that. Whoa. Okay, so very quickly because you know we will try and be a bit more funnier. Uh, I went to a funeral <laughs> on Sunday. Oh yay! Yeah, yeah not well, really, not really. Go you. Um, so Blue is her name, or was her name, Kerry Ann? Sorry, uh, I Kerry just Lee. trying to point out you're not talking about St Kilda game, are you? No, Kerry Lee. Right. Um, so back in 1992, I did a course at Hellyer, which was audio design. Right. And in that audio design, we had an industry expert in music, audio recording, and audio sound, and PA, and all that kind of stuff come in and do industry lessons. Mm -hmm. So along with the the hell you teacher, there was this industry expert that came along. That industry expert was Mr. Christopher Lynch. (laughs) It doesn't surprise me. I was nearly going to put it out there. but Yes. So that's how I met Chris. Um, And Chris and I got along really, really well. And even though he came in as an industry expert, look, there's a few years difference, and I'm not going to say there's 10, but there is. (laughs) (laughs) Because I know he listens. Um. But he lived in Main Street in Alveston, and he lived with this woman called Blue. And I didn't realise at the time, you know, I suppose from maybe 1990, so when time I was about six, to, time for the guru, from when I was about 16 to maybe 1996, which is the year I got married, so about 16 to 20, 21, your whole world sort of changes with the mm-hmm. people that you hang out with. and Oh, so much so. And you stop doing all the things with your family and you start to create your own friends and relationships and and you learn from those people. And, and it's you, when you gain your independence too because, yeah. you're, you know, you're getting a job and you're getting Car. a driver's licence and you can you can drink alcohol. and you can, you can actually – you have a bit of control <laughs> over your own life. Mm. Still – in most cases, you'll still live with your parents. Up until you're like 35, if yep, you're you. Exactly. <laughs> uh, but until you still, your parents move away from home. Yeah, it's perfect. <laughs> I, I, that was a huge achievement for me. What, when you got the parents to leave? Yeah. They left so you in the house. Fucking brilliant. So good. Brilliant. Uh, but you do. It's that, it's that first step of becoming who you are mm. before you know who you're going to be. Yeah, absolutely. Mm. You're just trying to work it out. And I reckon Blue would be one of the few people I know like you who – if you put you in a room of all the people of your past, there'd be at least a dozen people who put their hand up and go, yeah, I've lived with Troy. Mm. Like you, you've, you've done enough living with other people and, and flat sharing and house sharing and all that kind of stuff. Um, there was at least a dozen people, I reckon, who put their hand up in that room. Yeah. And I knew her at this point in time around between 92 and 94 before I moved away in late 94 and went to Queensland and did all that kind of stuff and then, you know, lived on the mainland. And and we weren't super close, but she was a constant in my life. Like yep. she was just that person who was there. And I I blame her and give her credit at the same time for me knowing how my then girlfriend felt about me. Right. Which was Amy. So I'm with Amy at a pub in Devonport. I can't remember which one it was. And Blue comes in and sees me, but I don't see her. And so all of a sudden I get this big kiss laid on the side of my cheek. And that was just Blue. That was just who she was. She was just life and happy to see everyone. 
and my wife got jealous. And I'm like, oh, oh, she got jealous. She likes me. <laughs> but, yeah, um, so she had a really weird illness and unfortunately it took her really, really quickly. Like was only diagnosed post-Christmas and, sure. and now has passed away. Um, but, fuck, it was just – it was really tough. Um, really, really tough. I, we weren't close throughout any of the rest of my life. Like we'd sort of meet up as I'd come back to Tassie and I'd see her and all that kind of stuff. But it was just – being with a group of people at her funeral who I'd known 30 years ago and having that nostalgic, oh, remember this and remember that and and this yep. party here and, and all that kind of stuff. It was just – it was a lovely time and it was an unfortunate time to have all those people in the same room at the same time. But, yeah, it was, it was a fucking – it was a big afternoon. A lot of the time the bookmarks that we actually make – I like calling it bookmarks. It just resonates. It's a great word for it. Um, but the bookmarks we make often are made by the people that were in that moment with us. Mm. Not necessarily. I mean, it's the moment. Yeah. You know, it might be a case of um, a great example. Prior to COVID, mm. uh, the last main music gig I went to was U2. Yeah. Um, it was fucking fantastic. It was great. I'd never seen U2 live. I'd always wanted to. Yeah. I thought I'd missed them in their prime, but they were still fantastic live. And you had the desire. Yep, I did have the desire. <laughs> <laughs> and I found what I'm looking for. Did you go on Sunday, Bloody Sunday? No, I didn't. No, it was on a, was a Friday or a Sunday. No. Was it underneath sure. the Joshua tree? No, it wasn't either, okay. strange enough. But there was some shadowing effects on Excellent. the screen that were very similar. Perfect. Uh, but it was at Marvel Stadium. It was yep. a huge gig. It was fucking amazing. We didn't mm. realise at the time it was going to be the last main gig before COVID took over and stopped everything. Fucked everything in the arse. Uh, but the thing I remember the most, though, is the fact that I was there with Crispy. Yep. And also you know, Luke Sayer, who's like, <laughs> um, but we had a great time. There were things that happened during that that were just funny that we still talk about now. Yeah. Um, but the moment was the music. But the reason mm. why it's important is because of the people I was there with. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And there were people there that we weren't meant to be there with. Mm. Like Crispy and I got along that, to that. That was great. But the Sayers and all these others that were there, they weren't meant to be there. They just ended up there. They just arrived. So they become part of that as well. So suddenly yeah. they're part of the bookmark. And I know those – it's the – the moments are the special things, but the people are what make the moments so memorable. Yeah, and I think for me, I look at it like a movie. Like if if you're going to make a movie of someone's life, and if you're going to make a movie of my life, um, and you and you do that period of time, <laughs> you know who's going to play you, don't you? <laughs> who's going to play? If you say fucking carrot top, no, no, <laughs> Rick Ashley. I've already spoken to him about him <laughs> earlier on. Lewis Capaldi. No, not Lewis. No, go back further. Harry Ron, Potter. Ron Weasley. <laughs> you know what? Boy can act. He could do it. Fucking I think he could. Fucking I think he could do it. Boy can act. Yeah, I don't know whether he's going to look good enough to for someone who is playing your wife, <laughs> for them to honestly believe that he's he's gained that as his love interest. Yeah. You, I can imagine it. You're a good-looking soul. Easy. But Weasley? Yeah. I mean, I don't know. He grew into himself. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> I mean who's going to play Amy? I mean, Taylor Swift? Well, actually, if any, if my daughter is anything to believe, when she was, I think, six years old, there was the Rio Games, the Rio Olympics. Right. And they had a famous piano player playing the song Girl from Ipanema. Tall and town and young and lovely, the girl from Ipanema goes walking. And they had this Lovely woman, rendition, mate. Thank you. They had this woman walk from one end of the stadium to the other end of the stadium under a spotlight. Right. Who was a Brazilian national? Her name is Giselle. 
You oh, may, okay. may have heard of her. Yes, she's known. Yeah, she's, yeah. And she had a split in her dress up to her armpits. Right. And had, I mean, she's got legs that go on for days. Yeah. I think she actually is just legs and head. That's it. That's yeah. all she is. Mm. Couple of little arms. <laughs> mm. And Ella's watching it and she goes, oh, it's mummy. And I've gone, yes, fucking it is. If you were saying all the right words, child. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> so Ron Weasley and Giselle are doing the right story on. of my life. I'd watch it. You wouldn't you? Yep. Just for the comic value. I've got to admit, um, it'd be weird watching the sex scenes. <laughs> I'd still watch them. You, you still have a crack. <laughs> I'm like, go, Weasley. Yes, boy, go. Go, you good. Oh, that's over. <laughs> <laughs> Scream like a gazelle. Yeah. Um, and I suppose for for me, that point in time, There'd be some. There'd be some major stars in that film. Like there'd be the people who were played significant roles of in course. that film. And I think Blue would probably be like a cameo. Like she'd be in and out of different scenes, and you'd see her as a known character. She'd get named in the credits. Yep. Um, but probably not going to get nominated for any awards. Come you know, best yeah. supporting actress or whatever at the Academy. But certainly played a significant, had a pivotal moments, or as a part of pivotal moments in my. Nice. In my growing it up. Funerals do suck, but it is nice when you get a gathering of the right people to appreciate someone's life. Yeah. I think think we'd all like that when it actually happens to to not just – I mean, they're fucking depressing, but to not everyone just sit back and just go, oh, fuck. Uh, Sit back and go, oh, fuck, but then say, I remember when. Well, the good thing is the funeral I was with was was amongst a group of people who were hopelessly romantic nostalgophiles. Yep. Like they will sit there and talk to you about the old days ad nauseum. Like, and it was like yesterday. And there were so many there that were just like, oh, remember this. And we live with that person and remember the toga party for all ages and all that kind of stuff. Yep. It was just great. And like I hadn't, I'd seen Blue probably two and a half years ago. I was in Westbury walking into a shop. And all of a sudden I hear like a handbrake out the window. Fucking Joe! <laughs> like, I don't know how she – it would have been five years prior to that I would have seen her. Yep. But she's picked me from a lineup like it was, a, I don't know, the usual suspects. And Wouldn't pick you now with that beard. No, it's glorious now. <laughs> um, And it was just wonderful. It was just absolutely wonderful to see her and, and she will definitely be missed by so many people. Um, and I've, I feel very blessed to have known her mm. for the time that I had. Um, so that was my Sunday afternoon, yeah. Sunday afternoon, which was pretty average. No wonder you weren't watching the football. No, had other things on. Yeah, no, that's, a, that's a fair reason. It's a fair reason. I, I will give you that. Yeah. Fair reason. Yeah. Hmm. Also, um, interesting about the football. I did laugh. Um, the Veronicas are on my social media. Are they now? Yeah. They follow you? I don't actually mind so the Veronicas. Are they, you followed by the Veronicas on social no, media? I follow them. Like a little stalker. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but they were the pre-match entertainment for the Saturday night game. Are we um, doing that now? Is that happening more frequently? I think it's only because it was the gather round and it was a big thing for Adelaide and it was... Do you understand the gather round? Because I don't. Was it well, just let's I, play in shitty games honestly, in Adelaide? I thought initially... Uh, that it was something to do with respect for um, Aboriginal society and all that kind of thing. So, right. Like, just gathering, like to gather. I just I felt like it was something to do as a, as a respect thing. Right. Not. But then, but then know, I've realised I don't think it was really anything to do with that. Um, but then Nikki Winmar got up and 
I think there was a, an apology from Collingwood from 30 years ago where Nicky actually, you know, brought his shirt up and pointed his skin and Which was is proud still of his one heritage of those and all that. It's fucking iconic Incredible. photos yep. in football. So, yeah, but the fact that that happened, I thought, well, maybe it was, but I don't think it was because nothing else happened in that regard. Right. I just think it was called the Gather Round, which sounds nice, mm. um, just because they wanted to do a, a bit of a spectacle of football for a weekend in one place. So it was all games played in Adelaide. Yeah, so Adelaide have got it for the next three years now, Fuck. I believe, because it went so well. And then after that, it'll go out for tender somewhere else. So, for instance, Perth might get it or Darwin or Sydney or this is, fucking Tasmania. Do you reckon this is – King Island. King Island. <laughs> Imagine. You, the gather around in King Island. Uh, no, but on Tassie, right? Yep. Imagine them playing at Queenstown. Queenie, on the gravel. Imagine that. Imagine the players complaining about that. Fuck, you'd have a wah, wouldn't you? <laughs> I'm just thinking, has it taken Adelaide 30 years to try and get back at Victoria for stealing the Grand Prix? And that's, <laughs> I don't know. Let's hit him where it hurts. Let's hit him at the footy. Let's get him at the footy. <laughs> I th- See, I, my initial thoughts when I heard the gather round, I thought it was let's play at all the regional grounds. Let's not play at the MCG. Well, they did a bit of that too. But- at the Marvel. Let's play at the, you know, Blundstone Arena or whatever, or the smaller grounds. Yep. Let's not worry Go back about back to Victoria Park and yeah, like let's not worry about getting thirty thousand. Let's get eight thousand absolute diehard faithfuls and have cars around the boundary. There was one of the games I watched on. It was Sunday early afternoon, mm-hmm. and it was a ground like say West Park here in Bernie. Yep, and the Asher people standing up the fence. Oh, and gorgeous. it was just crowded all the way around, and it actually yep. looked amazing. And the ground looked phenomenal. Yep. But it just looked like good old-fashioned local footy. Grassroots from, footy. From 30 years ago. But just with the best players that yeah, you can find much. in the country. Mm. Yeah, so, yeah, so I don't know whether there's any real reason for it other than the fact that it was just meant to be a spectacle. And now, so every year they all have to go back to Adelaide. Yeah. Fucking hell, well played Adelaide. Yeah. I wonder um, how many people are going to retire for that. <laughs> yeah, a bunch of retirees. <laughs> yeah, so anyway, so the Veronicas were the entertainment. I didn't realise this. I didn't even watch it. I just saw it come up on the socials. Mm. And it poured with rain prior to the game. Yes. Like absolutely t- oh, torrential. I didn't see it, but apparently it just bucketed down. Yep. It was out of control. And there was something on that Veronica's put up saying that before they went on stage, they had to cut the stage back in size because of the rain. They had to – there was meant to be some pyrotechnics. That, they couldn't do any of that. They <laughs> there was just a sparkler. Go. That was it. Yeah. <laughs> and there was something else with the sound that had to change and all the rest. And yep. And they had this moment where they're like, you know, this is really like, fuck, like we're all dressed up to the nines. Or we can mm-hmm. this fuck, we're about to do this big song, but it's, everyone's just gone for cover Yep, and all the rest of it. And they actually said on their thing, all we thought was, was what would John Farnham do? <laughs> WWJFD. So, so they said they just went out and did it anyway. And I thought, how well cool done. is that? That people who, I mean, they're not kids anymore. No. Uh, they've been around a while, yep. but they're still – what I would call, you know, part of the younger generation of music in Australia. Aren't they 30? Yeah, but I mean, that's, but I'm talking about like the icons that are, say, sure. 70 and 80. Okay, true, yeah. Um, but the fact that John Farnham obviously must be a bit of an icon for them. I think he has I to just be thought anyone. was just very cool. And I don't think there'd probably be many people that would have played as many gigs as John Farnham has. Well, no, we could come back. I mean, he cannot retire. He's been playing for 97 years. <laughs> He's been playing longer than St Gilda have. <laughs> so it's actually a doco coming out. Have you seen the trailer for that? No. 
there's a John Farnham documentary coming to, actually there's cinemas. Please tell me uh, it's called The Voice. Next month. Um, or One More Time. It's something to do with The Voice, I think, but it actually looks really good. It would have to be. It's about his life and how he got to where he is and the the knocks he got along the way and the fact mm. that he got back up. And I must admit, I saw it, there was a couple of clips of it and I forgot how goddamn charismatic that guy is on stage oh, back in like, the 80s. He hasn't changed. Like he was just, I mean, I realise he's still got that down, but when he looked in there though, mm. like he was a good looking rooster. Like oh, yeah. He had the flowing hair he got up and he just controlled everything. He was just there. Yeah. Um, yeah, and apparently the voice, like, he wasn't even meant to record it initially. Well, it's just a cover. Yeah, so but they, they he weren't allowed to do it. They weren't allowed to actually record that song. Yeah. From what I can see from the trailer. Mm-hmm. And they just went, ah, oh, go on, fuck it. <laughs> it's so Australian. And they did. Oh, and then, of course, it, it. it um, became his signature. It took off and, yeah, that was the end of that story. Next chapter. And then he did The Age of Reason, wasn't it? Was that yeah. on the album? Yes. <sighs> Great album. Yeah. John Farnham. John Farnham. Fucking get better soon, buddy. Well, I thought he was going to die before COVID. Yeah. Because <laughs> he was on stage at that uh, that fire benefit um, concert in Sydney. Right. Where For or sh- against? <laughs> <laughs> where they had a shitload of artists. Yes. It was all about donate money because yes. the fire decimated everything. Sure. And he got up on stage singing and he was so red and sweaty. Mm. I thought he was going to have a cardiac arrest An on aneurysm. Yeah. I thought this is not going to be great. People are trying to donate money and he's just dying. He's just it's fucked. Just, you've just ruined it, John. You know, but, but he would have come back. He, of course he, he always does. Why not? <laughs> he's John Burnham. Like, exactly. But and I saw him. He will be. He, he could be Jesus. He is the Jesus of concerts. Yeah. You watch. He'll actually die. Yes. And, and come like, back oh three days later. God. And he'll come back three days later. <laughs> do another tour. <laughs> but he would be a duet, so it's not really John Farnham's tour. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I think it was a 2019, 20. 20 uh, Falls Festival. That was mm-hmm. when I saw him. He played yeah, that. Yeah, okay. He played that and he went before Lewis Capaldi. Yep. And even then, Lewis Capaldi got out and stage and would not have known, I would imagine, who John Farnham was. Probably not. Would have had some understanding. Are you yeah. following this bloke? I'm certain someone would have He's told an old him. Aussie rocker. Um, he's been quite popular. Um, you're going to follow him and then we're going to pop you on a plane and send you back to Melbourne and you're going to go and sing to all these people, and he's going, all right, no worries. So he's standing off stage waiting to go on. John Farnham does You're the Voice. Every single person is just yelling the lyrics to him yep. where he just, once again, he just stops, and all these people are singing. And you could see him visibly overcome with the emotion that all these teenagers and yeah, early it wasn't 20s. his generation. He was still relevant to them, mm. and his music still resonated with them. And he just let them sing and sing and sing. And then Lewis Capaldi came in and went, fuck, who's John Farnham? <laughs> he goes, I hope you're up for some sad, bloody love songs because I can't do that. <laughs> it was just – but he gave him you know, a couple of minutes' worth of props of I, whoever this person is – He's obviously really important. Yeah, he's, fucked it, he's fucked me. He's fucked <laughs> well, me. He's fucked me. My set's ruined. Exactly. I've just got sad songs. Yep. I mean, he said himself, Lewis Capaldi, that I think when he described his own album, he mm. said, I make music to make um, lonely middle-aged women cry. <laughs> he pretty much said that's what his album is. You know what? And there's he hasn't stopped. There's money in it. He's doing all right. He's doing okay. Yeah, so good old John Farnham. Yes. 
He is the voice. Strangely enough, mm. to go back to, because I love looping stuff around with what we do to mm. early com- conversations as sure. though we plan it. <laughs> John Farnham was the first big concert I ever saw at the Silver Dome in Launceston. Really? What year was that? Oh, I couldn't even tell you. It was way, way, way back. Mm. It was the first big gig I remember seeing. Um, and also- Was that before Kenny Rogers, Dolly Parton? I honestly don't know. Because you would have I reckon been, it would have been. You would have been 11, 12 oh, at that time. No, I remember being taken to it mm. by someone, probably some old guy in a van. <laughs> I don't know. There was a lollipop involved. You get the worst I think pedos, it was a lollipop. The worst pedos. <laughs> Come here, little boy. I want to take you to see John Farnham. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> get on your knees, and if you've got any concerns, just ask yourself, what would John Farnham do? <laughs> but I worked for John Farnham at the Silver Dome. Did you? Yeah, in like 93. Okay, that's cool. 92 would have been. Yeah, like he- yeah. Was that with Chris? Yeah. Yep. Yeah, Lynchy was there. Yeah, because yeah. Chris did um, Brian Adams too, didn't he? Yeah, and I did yeah. that with him. That was mm. like my second gig. Yeah, because I remember I was at that one too. Mm. So I was amazed when you turned up a little stage in the middle. <laughs> exactly. Bang, done. Uh, but what I was going to get to is that- um, Because that was a link back to Lynchy, because I knew he used to do gigs down there. Mm. Uh, but also John Farnham was, um, was also the first album I ever bought with my own money. Age of Reason? I got, um, no, Whispering Jack oh, on yeah. cassette. <gasps> it was the first album I bought with my own cash. Have you used to- I'd had a mixtape before, but yeah. an actual album for an artist. Mm. Soundwaves? Uh, this was Launceston back oh, then. Shit. so not even. God knows, what would that have been back there? Probably Brashes? Yeah, probably. Was that, that the era? Yeah, it would have been. Yeah, I don't know. Could have even been my music back then. Bloody hell. God knows. Do you still have a cassette player? Uh, no. I yeah. have got – remember I did find my Walkman here a while back? Yeah. Um, but, look, it's not great. It's <laughs> <laughs> but, no, I don't have a normal everyday cassette player anymore. Oh, because I, – see, I, I would have thought you would have kept that old head unit that you had for the stereo in the dungeon. No, I think it died or oh, that or okay. I sold it one or the other. That yeah. was an old Technics one, I think, off memory. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm. Two cassette players so you could record one or the other. Yeah. <laughs> Fucking technology. Hello. That's how I made a mixtape for my wife on that very unit. Oh, God, that was fun. She still has it. She still has the mixtape that we made her still in 19. Still has a mixtape. Still has a man. Yeah. Fucking glad Doubled for both. up. <laughs> Can't play the mixtape, but can certainly play the man. <laughs> um, speaking of music, Mr. Barnes. Yes. Have you heard that the good people of New York City have come under fire? The psychological torture of the homeless. <laughs> now, let me guess, they've got some kind of speaker system around the parks that plays and the homeless can't sleep. Correct. Guess what? Well, it's train station. Right. Guess what they're playing. Uh, I'll see, if it was over here, I'd say something like Kylie Minogue or something bizarre like that. Lady Gaga. No, just classical music. Oh, classical. What's the matter classical? Fucking nothing. It doesn't go out of fashion. I'm just imagining all these people who were, you know, into classical music going, you know, what fucking homeless is not being bad? Mm. I get a lovely train station, so it's close to transport, and I get lovely music. Yeah. I mean, you Beethoven's got Fifth. Bart Simpson. <laughs> Simpson. Bart's, Bart's pretty big. Not classical music, though, mate. It's, uh, it's Bart, isn't it? <laughs> Beethoven. <laughs> isn't, there, isn't there Bart? There's the Bard, who's a poet, I believe. Oh, I thought there was Bart. Bark? Bark. That's it. (laughs) 
Yeah, it's it's the it's the, the it's it's woof. Not it's, don't have a cow, man. It's the it's the environmentally friendly classical music. Fuck. Yeah, keep it on the tree, son. Keep it on the tree. Mm. <laughs> I don't know, funny. Mm. Oh, dear me. No, also, sorry. Michelle Branch also quite popular. Mm. <laughs> Michelle Branch. Oh, good times, good times. Anyway, so I'm just thinking, like, I watched something the other day as well. Apparently in UK, during the vid, to bring it back to the vid, when they were quite a locked down city as Mm. well, probably not like Melbourne, but certainly locked down. I think they could, like, walk a block or something and that kind of thing. Well, maybe, but apparently they got there homeless and went, well, you need to be in a res- – so they put them in hotels and they put them in accommodation, they put them in wherever. So there was no homeless people in London during lockdowns. And then they went, well, fuck, we've solved homelessness. And then COVID finished and they went, no, fuck off, go, go back and be homeless again. <laughs> How shit would that be to actually that see – That would be tough, wouldn't to it? To see a city the size of London end homelessness – Due to a pandemic. Yep. And then go. And then go. Oh, nah. No. Go no. On, get back out there. You've had a good. You've had a run. Yeah. You've, you've tasted the good life. Yeah. Now, what we're going to do, though, mm. is we're going to let you go all at the same time, and we're <laughs> going to put numbers on your backs. Hunger Games. And the ones that get to the benches first. <laughs> That's yours. Yeah. These people have got bets on you. Yeah. <laughs> Run so as a go, tote. go in the sports bet. Yes. Yeah. It wouldn't surprise me. I mean, they still go out and hunt foxes. Wouldn't surprise me if they've been on the homeless. <laughs> well, maybe that's what they could do: is team it up with the land and gentry, and instead of a fox hunt, because people get oh. shitty that they hunt foxes. Get rid of your pop- homeless population. That's a that's a tough way to fix a problem. It is a very tough way to fix. I a don't problem. know how. I mean, that would nearly. I mean, we've been watching Handmaid's Tale for yeah. a while now. We're in season five. That would nearly be on par mm. with the Handmaid's Tale storyline in the states. I wouldn't. Oh my be god! The England are hunting the homeless, <laughs> and they're betting on it. <laughs> I think is that the line though? Are they allowed to hunt the homeless, but just not allowed to put a bet on? Oh, gambling's bad. <laughs> Gamble responsibly. Gamble responsibly. <laughs> When you hunt your homeless. Yeah. <laughs> and but would you make rules like you couldn't use long range rifles? Sort of you could only hunt with bow and arrows. You've got or to put it like. in the favour a little bit. You've got to give them a chance. Yeah, I mean you can see it on the new show. Homeless hunters. Homeless hunters. Next on HBO. <laughs> <laughs> well, isn't that that was a TV show, Hunted. Yes. In the UK yes. where people were tracked down. You weren't all. actually hunting them though. Well, well, they were, but they just didn't dispatch with them at the end. No. Yeah, it just yeah, meant you're trying to catch them. You were evicted from the game, not yeah. killed. <laughs> and Which is a, a big difference. It's a Well, is it? <laughs> is it? <laughs> a little bit. People still put a bet on. <laughs> uh, well, I just, I mean, I don't, I don't know if bow and arrows are the best one. Mm-hmm. Because I don't know if you know this, Joe, but unless you're an absolute expert, mm. you're not normally going to take someone out with a bow and arrow in one go. No. Oh, fuck, that was my leg. going to be a lot of maiming the homeless. Maiming the <laughs> Maiming anyone, really. Just, I mean. It's not going to end well. No, it's not. I mean, you've got these people just limping through the park with an arrow coming out of their shoulder. The walking Out dead. of the leg. <laughs> That's things people think they're zombies. Yeah. And suddenly they kill them because they think they're a zombie. 
And then they market it as a TV show. It's a reality TV program. Yeah. Speaking of UK television and your reality TV show. What have they done now? People are complaining about an educational TV show for children, right? So lots of people are complaining where kids for as young as 14 are getting educated on Basically the ways adults. of the world. Sorry? Basically adults. Basically adults, yeah, sure. UK TV network Channel 4 has been hit with nearly a 1,000 complaints over their new show. Um, viewers were shocked when they watched a show called Naked Education, which aims to champion body positivity. Um, basically what they did is the first episode, which was in April 4th, they got grown-ass adults to get completely naked in front of children. Yeah, what for? What are they doing then? Just not body shame them. So they can just okay. go, this is what an old bloke looks like. This is what a young bloke looks like. This is what a chubby woman looks like. This is what a skinny woman looks like. Different ages, different sizes, and it's just, this you know is what? what? That's what they look this like what naked. what Ron Weasley looks like? Yeah. <laughs> this is what it's fucking magic. <laughs> um, apparently, though, getting strangers naked in front of children offended some viewers. It's not many, though. Only a thousand. There's, yeah, but there's nearly 60 million people in England. Yes. A thousand people said they're offended. It's a small percentage, it's, Joe. And i tell you what, I think it's done wonders for the ratings because <laughs> there's so many people who are clicking on I just can't believe that they put naked people, full frontal naked What's the people. benefit of the show, though? Just to teach people about body image, saying, you know what, everyone looks a little bit different. So taking it away from the point of view of what we see in the magazines and on the movies where every everyone's perfect. Well, if you look at adult websites, and I'm not sure whether or not you're aware that there are some out there. No. There are people who are in their nicky-nacky nunas, if not less, being intimate with each other. I don't know whether or not you're aware of this. Adult films. Adult films. Yeah, it's a thing. Wow. Um, it's very hard. I mean, I've seen movies with adults in them. Sure. It's not like that? Similar. Oh, okay. <laughs> More think more National Geographic, gone wild. Oh, so it's like um, it's like prawns. Sure, <laughs> like like like, yeah. a, like if you have them together, yes, with like a hub of prawns. Correct. You could call it prawn, prawn hub. hub. Exactly. Yeah, that'd be a great name. Mm. <laughs> could you imagine that? Imagine mistyping. Type it in prawn hub. Prawn hub. Let me have a look. Domain name is not for sale. It's just a bunch of fucking prawns. <laughs> Crustaceans, lobsters, just getting it on. Oh, fuck me. Oh, I wish that domain... Is that domain name available? If it's available, we're buying it, and we're buying it now, and we're just putting photos of naked prawns on there. (laughs) Can I just say... (laughs) (laughs) Is it exactly what we're thinking? Oh, Joe, you got to put puncture him. It's not going to end badly. Oh, PR. Oh, but there's more too. Prawnhub.com. Oh, Prawnhub. <laughs> Have we just discovered the new greatest website this of all is, time? This is hilarious. Uh, no. Click on the first thing. It's Geo. It goes into GeoCities. You got one there? P R A W N. Yep. Do it as one word. H-U-B. Yep. Prawnhub. Dot com. 
No, don't go com. No, just put in prawn up. Oh, okay. Google it All like right. normal people, Joe. No one knows an actual website. <laughs> I I actually typed in hugedomains.com, right? Right. So go to the one that's right, uh, actually on. came up in as a GeoCities thing. No, hang on. I've got to go back to Google now because I just – Google it, Joe. Google it. For anyone that's – play the game at home. Trust me. It's not going to get you in trouble. Prawn Hub. Prawn GeoCities. That's the one. The hottest prawn pitches. <laughs> <laughs> oh, fucking well done, Australia. Oh, pictures in Australia. <laughs> and they've also got the most viewed in Australia. Oh, I love There's it. This is the recommended few. The recently featured. <laughs> Hot stepfather and stepdaughter oh, on the kitchen bench. Fuck me. <laughs> <laughs> There's recommended categories as white, black, point of view, interracial. Three hot Asian prawns get fried for the first time. <laughs> oh, Roadies, whoever has the worst come thing up with is this, uh, it doesn't go to anything. It's just it's, it's just a front page. That it's a front page. Well done. I mean, this is exactly what I was hoping oh, for. I've got to go to this one too. I hope it's not going to virus me. Um, I wish that we had come up with it. Oh well, we did God. come up with it, just not first. <laughs> I love that someone has gone to all the effort. Oh, I tell you what, family <laughs> of sixteen smoking hot Asian Australian prawns getting cooked. It's just, and the good thing is, you know, it's Australian. It's also Corn Hub. Corn Hub? Just (laughs) pictures of corn? Pictures of corn. Oh, this is just so good. Oh, my God. So, once again, I'm assuming it's only going to be front page. Um, But you've got popped corn. Popped corn. There's um, high def corn. (laughs) Yes. Uh, There's uh, black corn. And there's mature corn. (laughs) Mature corn's looking a little bit... A little bit dicey on the cob, I've got to say. Can you just – can you go back oh. to Prawn Hub? <laughs> yeah, right. I'm going back, back to and Prawn Hub. And go categories. Categ- oh, I haven't actually linked. I didn't realise they were going go to go categories anywhere. And then oh, it does. Scroll down to hentai. Oh, there's gangbang. But then look at pregnant. That is the most glorious thing. <laughs> oh, there's monster. Yes. Oiled. Point of view, raw pregnant. Oh, <laughs> oh no. Oh, that is just, oh, underage. <laughs> underage prawns. <laughs> ah. Oh, roadies, do oh. yourself a favour. You will not get in trouble for it. No, there's nothing there actual is, better. Oh. Look, it, it will just give you a giggle. It will Prawn just hub. give you a fucking giggle. I mean, <sighs> The catch, of course, is that most people that listen to our show wouldn't know why it's a parody. No. They would they never wouldn't. have They've discovered no the, the original website. No. Um, Prawn Hub. Well done, the good people of well Prawn Hub. Well done, people of Prawn Hub. That is spectacular. Hot European prawn swimming with nothing on. It's <laughs> <laughs> just gorgeous oh hot stepfather and stepdaughter on kitchen bench i mean it's just it's just great it's wonderful it is young (laughs) hot young prawn oh wait so hot young prawn gets penetrated by large fork for the first time (laughs) oh and that's just look well done well done well done well played that is glorious in everything it can be Oh, that's um, yeah, that's spectacular. Yeah, oh, certainly you. better than Naked Education on thank UK you, TV. Up. Thank you, Prawn Hub. Thank you, Prawn Hub. Thank you, and for all that sail upon you. <laughs> Speaking uh, of um, of people that 
maybe wouldn't be on Pornhub. Mm. Um, oh, look, everyone has their type. Yeah. Um, I did see something today which I found very interesting. Mm. It's the way the world is going. Uh, yes. Uh, in which uh, the, I'll just say, the way we look at things gets flipped on its ass and <laughs> someone looks at it from a different angle altogether. Yep. And then people start going, oh, maybe they're right, but everyone else is like, no, nah, oh, fuck them. Yeah. And then someone says, oh, but she's got a point. And everyone's like, no, nah, fuck them. <laughs> like, so it was on uh, news.com today, yeah? Oh, hello. And a, a few of the others. It was on Daily Mail. It was like, sure. This isn't one of those that's secretive. I didn't have to search hard for it. <laughs> it popped up. Yeah, okay. Woman starts petition demanding airlines give plus-size flyers free seats. So, okay. Yeah, so the, the argument being that You're just not because, catering for all shapes yeah, and just sizes. Just because we are fat. Large. Or large. Full-figured. Very full-figured. Okay. We're not your average size prawn. Yeah. <laughs> um, we should be allowed to have another seat. So to not make others uncomfortable as well. So we've got plenty of room. And that way that um, it's unfair that you don't provide for us. And also, not only that, mm. Joseph Mather, also they, when I say they, groups of people that are of a similar shape and size. Build. Are they expecting uh, are also three wondering, meals? No, they're expecting also that the toilets are made larger. To accommodate their Because we can't size. necessarily get in them. That's a fair one. Mm. I'll give it that because I must admit they are pretty tiny. But then that comes back to Kevin Smith's Too Fat to Fly mm-hmm. where he got told that he would need to purchase a new ticket or get off the plane. Yes. Because he was too large. Mm. Not the case now because he is the slimmest he's ever been. It's ridiculous actually. Yeah. Um, he maybe did that so he could fly. Maybe. <laughs> so, well, okay. So the point What I've got to say, um, this, the lady, she's quite, quite a large build. She she is a large build. Mm. She is quite um, heavy set, probably the way of putting it. I, I love it how you are very uh, politically kosher. correct. They're only like you, you know you, just, you say the right things. Excellent. Whereas I'm just like she's fat. Yeah. <laughs> Mind you, one of my favourite expressions is going. You uh, you finish finish a meal and you go, oh, I'm full, full of fat girl socks. I <laughs> oh, so she's a travel blogger. Travel blogger and, and a uh, and a body positive advocate. Well, you'd have to be at that size. <laughs> I mean, come on. Okay, so here we go. Fuck. Let me let me defend. Let me defend. <laughs> Break it down. Either <laughs> argument. Pick, pick a side. Which one you want me to defend? Well, I I, I personally with her or against her. Which one do you want look, me to? Be? I I'm against her. All right. Well, I'll go not, with her. Not physically. No. Well, because it's just not my thing. Takes all types. I, I prefer prawns. <laughs> Who doesn't? And I'll tell you what, if you do prefer a good prawn, Prawn Hub. Oh, that's prawn. the website for you. And what a mashup, prawn and corn. Oh, <laughs> Hello. There you go. Um, why shouldn't an airline cater to all body shapes? Why you know? should they? Uh, so look at it from a point of view so of- So you're going to be exclusive. So only skinny of, people can fly. Okay, well, no, that's not really a fair way of looking at it. Only but, certain size, only an, but, under a certain size can fly. But are you going to suddenly go and spend millions on your flight of aircraft to accommodate a few people because they're not happy? Imagine the amount of money that'd be spent on aircraft. Because mm. someone who was of a larger build, mm. you don't just want an extra seat. I'm telling you now, that wouldn't be comfortable. Well, is it an extra seat 
next to it where you have to sit on the crack? Well, that's what I'm thinking. Or because is it, it a double size in this like case, a lounge? With this body positive advocate, um, I don't believe she would be able to sit on one seat. Yeah, she's got you a cheek on one two. and a cheek on the other. Yeah, and you're cracking the crack, and, and you're cracking the crack. <laughs> Exactly right. <laughs> Release the kraken. But he's. But I come back to the scenario of, and, and this is a, this belt. is one that I've always found really interesting. Uh, you can only have a certain weight of luggage yes. on a plane. Yes. I, I, and this is actually having to do with this. So I find this one really amusing. Yes. So if you're one kilo Carry over on. your twenty kilos or something, yes. they'll expect you to pay extra money for it. Yeah. Well, because yet if, fuel yet if I am ten kilos heavier than person B next to me, mm. I don't pay extra for my weight. So, for instance, if I'm a skinnier person, yes. I should then be able to actually have more weight in my luggage allowed because I'm, as a whole, not weighing as much as that person with their luggage. So you believe airline travel should adopt the jockey principle? Well, essentially where they kind 50, of do now in a way. But 52 kilos is your weight, and if you are- 52 is a small amount. Okay, well, let's Depends make, how much you pay above that. Sure. But let's just say it's 70 kilos, right? Right. Because you've got to factor in the plus sizes and the lesser sizes, and I don't know what the average weight is, but we'll call no, no. it 70 for the argument. Well, why not? So if you're under 70 kilos, and or if you're a jockey and you're underweight, in your race you get weighted up to the 52 kilos or whatever yep. it happens to be. Exactly. You don't gain anything back. You don't gain anything back. It's but like if, McDonald's when correct. you go through. If you want to take the pickle off, doesn't That's cost you. any less. No. But if you want to add more pickle, it's going oh, to cost you. Exactly. So it's the same scenario. So, but if you are- It's a McDonald's principle. If you're a jockey and you're 60 kilos, well, that's fine. You can ride, but you get no advantage. You just have to be that bit extra gooder. Bit extra gooder. So that your horse can carry around the extra six or eight kilos. Right. So you're suggesting, Mr. Barnes, that if you are sub 70 kilos, you get- extra baggage to get you up to 70 kilos at no extra fee. And if you are at 70 kilos, you get the standard baggage allowance of 20 kilos, and then that's it. Well, if it comes down to what the airlines are saying, where we can only take so much weight, mm. and I think that comes down to more, I don't think the plane's going to drop out of the sky. No. I think it's more that it'll, it'll use more fuel. Oh, of course. So it costs more. Yeah. So it, it makes sense in that they will charge people more for carrying more with them. And believe it or not, I don't know whether you're aware of this, airlines are in the business of making money. It's weird, that, isn't it? Isn't it? Like, Especially they're not now, f- because they, they weren't doing a lot for a while. No, it's not a not-for-profit. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> they are actually in the business of making a significant yeah. amount of money. But do you honestly think it's fair, though, that for, for someone who is of a, a lighter weight, mm. and I'm, I'm talking about even us, like we're not skinny guys. No, I'm, I'm triple know? figures. Yeah, so we're so we're so if we're looking at, a, say, 90, 100 kilos for a guy, which mm. which is a pretty standard sort of weight, that 90 kilo to 100 kilo range for, for men, I think probably 40 plus. Okay. As a, as a guess. Sure. Um, if that's the case, um, if I've then got to pay, or someone underneath, say, a 70 kilo person, well, look right, at your, it's, got a, it's got a 10 kilo bag. Look at your girlfriend. She could probably get a ride in Flemington in November. Yeah. She is slight of build and quite vertically challenged. True. Yeah. So, for instance. So, do you work out, you go, you know what, we well, get 180 kilos between us. Well, this is the <laughs> other silly thing too. This is what I don't understand as well. If I'm, say, and I'm assuming you can't do this, if you're with your partner or a friend. Yes. Whatever it is. And I've got a bag on, and they weigh that, that carry-on bag, mm. and you've got 15 kilos allowance, and it says 17 kilos. And you go, ah, 
Fucking hell. Two kilos. That's going to cost me another fucking $30 for two kilos. Mm. Fucking Jetstar. Fucking, <laughs> fucking can't. But then I got Beck. I would like to say farewell to Jetstar as yeah. a sponsor of this podcast. <laughs> then I got Beck with me. Yes. Who's got just a, a small bag. Yep. Only weighs five kilos, but she had a sure. 15 kilo allowance. She's allowance. only got kids clothes. Yeah. But, um, <laughs> but she, you can't fit any more in the bag and all the rest of it. She only had a small bag. Yeah. But why can't I make it so, well, she could have had 15. I've got 17. Why can't the two years go together? But then, no, because your luggage has to be this. Yes. See, I think that's bullshit. Well, but then what's stopping you going, right, looking through the line, looking through the line, looking, I'm a lone rider, lone rider, lone rider, looking, 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 businessman. Fuck, he's only got a briefcase. I'm going to go in behind him and go, look, he's only got a briefcase. I'm I'm his best mate, aren't I, Daryl? Five bucks his hand. <laughs> <laughs> I want some of his baggage allowance. But it's true. Well, okay, well, let's look at it this way. What's the, right. what's the average of the plane? Yeah, there's a brand it's new a collective bargaining yeah. agreement. That's the thing. So you book a ticket, right? And you get notified. Everyone else who's one, flying once with you. Yeah, once everyone's on. You have a ring round. Then, then it, no, once everyone's on, yes. they weigh all the luggage yes. and all the people, mm. and then you get an aggregate price. So you might be lucky. Your trip today might be $79. Yes. Next week, though, might be 123 because there's more um, overweight people on there or bigger or larger set people, plus also more baggage. Sure. So the Becks of this world who travel with a backpack yep. and three kilos because that's all the clothes. Yep. And she's only 40 kilos dripping wet. Yep. Her price is always going to vary when she goes, I'm the lightest fucking thing on here. The drinks trolley weighs more than me. Yep. That's okay. Fuck, that's a bit harsh. Not her fault, though. No one else's fault. What is it? Well, it's but not it, her fault, so a, why is she penalised? But there's a better chance that me, at say 100 kilos, yeah, getting a bargain. is going to pay more every time because there's a chance that the flight is going to be heavier. No, because I reckon it's not going to change. You're not going to go, well, what's the fatty flight? <laughs> <laughs> well, because you get there and you go, right, I don't want to be on the fatty flight because the fatty flight's going to cost me more. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to take the 6 a.m. flight in the morning. Because I know the fatty boombars aren't getting out of bed, going through drive through Oh, they're lazy. They're not going to get up They're fucking lazy. They yep. want the 10.30 flight yeah, exactly. to wherever. Knackers, yeah. So <laughs> you're taking the red eye. Because you know it's going to cost less. Because you know it's going to cost less. Yeah, not because of the flight time. No. Because of the overall weight diameter or parameter of the plane. I don't think you're going to get that up. I don't <laughs> think you're going to have fattyflights.com as a thing. We're a collective bargaining as an <laughs> aggregate score. It's it's not a fucking Ambrose flight, you know, where you take the average best score. A little bit, but imagine you're all seated and everyone's here thinking, oh, fuck, they look around and think, oh, fuck, he's a big one. But it's like, oh, there's two skinny kids over there. Oh, well done, madam, for bringing your three children with you. Yeah. Well, well done, done, Sarah. Yeah, Good but, job. Okay, sure. Yep. And then suddenly everyone's like waiting for it, waiting for it, and they say, Okay, ladies and gentlemen, thank you for joining us on uh, Jetstar Weight Flight. Yes, we're taking a tote yes. on. <laughs> We've got the over-unders. Yes. We've, on the uh, sorry weight. for the long wait. <laughs> we love that joke here. Yeah. Um, but we'd like to announce that the ticket price for today is $53. Everyone's like, yes! <laughs> Fucking yes! It's brilliant! <laughs> Makes it the excitement when it's like... But there's so many Australians who put a bet but- on that. But that's the, you could nearly gamble on it. And then the next one might be 79. You'd be like, ah, oh, fuck. But it's still pretty good, isn't it? And then they'd be gathering, remember the time when we had the $48 flight? Yeah. But, but, but then like it'll be like, you know, $63 flight. And I'll turn mm. around 
and there'll be a fucking 16-year-old kid next to me looking at me. And I'll be like, oh, you shut up, you little skinny cunt. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Wait till you get 50. <laughs> <laughs> but you know what's going to happen now then, right? There's all the becks of the world at the fucking departure gate Standing in front of the line of the Krispy Kremes going, fuck off, you are not, you are not taking that. And you, you don't need that cheeseburger. Fuck off, you're not on this flight. But maybe it's just jokes aside. Maybe it can jokes go down from a point of view. Cause I mean, I mean, that was pretty serious. Um, but maybe it can come down to a point of view of, okay, you can have extra luggage, um, but only if you're not over a weight of whatever else. Cause the aggregate score, the jockey is going to be okay. Yeah, so I you, think that could work. You get here's your maximum, and if you want to make that up in your weight and luggage, that's fine. Yeah, anything over your weight and luggage, you have to pay for. Yeah, but that's then disadvantaging the people who are larger of build, like this young lady there. Well, you know what? You're saying that's her fault. Her fault that she's that look, size. Or maybe he's. A, What's he's, wrong with being that size, Troy? Why are you fat shaming? <laughs> I'm not fat shaming. I'm being logical. Okay. Um, oh, okay. Because we're trying to put something in the air, and weight makes it hard. <laughs> and, have we got a trebuchet? I can tell you now, a skinny person when they jump stays in the air longer than a fat person. That's just the nature of the nature <laughs> Don't of gravity. Don't blame you. Blame gravity. Yes. <laughs> but <laughs> blame gravity. <laughs> but I, I just think maybe that there must be. I just think it's absolutely ridiculous that you absolutely can, ridiculous that you can have. A super skinny person yes. or a small person or a child, child who's got even. more weight in their luggage, they have to pay extra when they're still only weighing two-thirds of what the person in front of them has got mm. with a suitcase or the briefcase or the fucking backpack. It just seems weird. But then I will pay a different price for a child and then a week later fly with them again after their birthday and pay an adult fee. They haven't fucking changed. They're still taking up the same amount of space. They still weigh the same. Maybe we should pay for weight. That's Maybe. it. That's the, the way that's of the it. future. Unless unless there is a medical reason, which I have a certificate that says the reason why I am a fat fuck. A larger build. <laughs> wow, you've turned. <laughs> fuck. Change, we've changed personalities. Um, is because I have a, a medical reason. Sure. That means that my metabolism is fuck eyed. Fuck eyed. <laughs> and you're like, no worries, sir. That's fine. Um, you can't do anything about that. Sure. You will get an extra seat. We'll accommodate you. Okay, but what happened? hope you've already gone to the toilet, though, so you're not going to fit in that little room if you need to go. Okay, but what about the people who are just genetically tall? They don't need a medical exemption. They are the perfect weight for their height, but they perfect. just happen to be six foot eight. Yep, but okay, well, here's the scenario. Are we going to make planes taller? Well, no. <laughs> because you need to fit the giraffe people in. Well, maybe, but those people generally try and organise uh, an aisle seat. Or, you know, the front of the bit where there's no seat in front of them. Yeah, but what if they just tall from the neck up? <laughs> like they've got the rings? They're, like they're from Sedan and yeah. they start jumping all the places? It's like it's like a spring head. Spring head. <laughs> where, where does it stop? Where does it stop? Where does the insanity stop? Look, I don't know whether or not she's got a case, a point. I understand what she's saying. I think the airlines... Um, I think the best way that the airlines are probably going to have to move forward if it ends up being a a shitstorm is ask her, pose the question, here is what it costs, but then you're going to fucking ask people how much they weigh. 
And I don't know whether or not you were brought up properly, Troy, but I can tell you now, if you've got a set of scales at the boarding gate with people's scale with the people's numbers there, like it's some sort of sideshow alley, and you've got to try and guess the weight, I'm not sure people are going to be comfortable with that. It's like it's uh, going to be like the that's 118. It's like on Total Recall, you know, when they walk through a screen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That weighs you as you go through. Oh, yeah. okay. So you don't actually get it done at the gate. It's when you go through security screening, they'll give you a, a lanyard or they'll give you a stamp and it'll just say 105 or whatever. Yeah, that do. Yeah. I still think the aggregates are gay, though. No, The surprise ticket price. The surprise ticket price. I hear Great. you. Great. I mean, it's going to possibly <laughs> create some fights on the plane. Isn't there ever. But there'll also be some cheers. Yeah, but what about- Surprise, the- Joe. Okay, but what about the shifty bastards like me, Right who get there and go, shit, I really want a cheap flight to America, right? That's going to cost me a lot of money. I'm going to America. It's going to be full of boom bars anyway. You know, potentially it's going to be – I'm catching the 12 o'clock, and that's fact flying. That's all the boom bars. (laughs) All the boom bars. All the boom bars are flying on this flight because I haven't got my shit together. I know there's going to be connecting flights. I just need to make sure those fat fucks don't get on this plane. So I put an announcement. I'd walk up to the PA. Uh, people flying uh, Melbourne to Los Angeles at 12.40. Your flight has been postponed. Please report to the gate in an hour and a half time. When it hasn't, right? <laughs> <laughs> and, and so they go, oh, we've got time for another 10 to cheeseburgers or whatever, and they don't make the flight. And so what I've done is reduce the amount of people on the plane. I get True. myself catch me if you can style uniform, and I stand out the front of the gate. Ah, uh, no, ladies and gentlemen, sorry, you're you're a fat bastard. I mean, you're an exclusive flying passenger. Can you make your way to the Qantas Lounge, and we'll come and get <laughs> you for your flight? Perfect. Or, yep, perfect. as we all know, the larger of build quite often use those airport go karts or the right. yep. travel carts. Yep. True. You get on one of those and, and turn just, it around. Just drive them to the other end yep. of the terminal and say, see you, buddy. Or well, the other way, man, you've got it too. When they're walking through, say, um, Tullamarine, mm. you just only throw a heap of Krispy Kremes on the floor. <laughs> <laughs> like, like seagulls with chips. Just turn them to the other way. And I've got to admit, even I'd be tempted. <laughs> I would be. Yeah, but you're quick enough. You could pick up a couple and still leg, it, still to the, and still leg it to the gate. <laughs> I don't know how you go. I think, look, if you're ever going to have to seriously solve the problem, you just simply have to say, here's the cost per kilo. That's all there is. It's going to cost if you're you. you're a small person, it's lucky cost, you. It's, it's 10 bucks a kilo, and that can be made up of you or your luggage or whatever. That's Over what a it, certain amount. Yeah, that's what it is. You get, well, no, anyone. So you ten bucks a kilo is a lot. Five bucks, two bucks a kilo, a dollar a kilo, dollar a kilo, not even yeah, dollar a kilo. Well, we'll just that's easy to dollar a kilo. Melbourne to Sydney, that's what it is. Yep. Whether or not you make that up in luggage or your weight or whatever, fine. You know what would be the the real killer in this? What? Because I mean, the system's perfect, flawless. But I guess you got the the aggregate score. I think. I'm still with that one. I know you are, but right. I just everyone's on the plane. You're going to get skinny bitches yep. who are going to be totally going off at you. Yeah, they will, and that's fine. That's yep. their prerogative. They're allowed to. Sure, you know you can always complain. Doesn't mean it's going to help you. And then I'm going to um, eat you. Yeah. But you get on the plane. Yes. You look around. Everyone's going. You know, we're all kind of either skinny or average. Mm. I think we're going to do all right here. <laughs> 
Then a fat <laughs> pilot comes on. Oh, motherfucker. Like, you son of a bitch. <laughs> you just cost me another $3 for my ticket. Oh, no you, fat pilots allowed. No, you've got to take out, you've got to take out the, the, the flight crew. You're you've got right. to take out the – But oh, still no, wait. you've still got to wear it. You've still, still got to wait. wear it. Yep, but yep. i tell you what, you won't, you'd want to be a skinny pilot, wouldn't you? You would want to be a very skinny pilot. Yeah, exactly. I'd be happy, honest, for a 10-year-old to fly a plane. <laughs> Just fine. Why do we need two I'm pilots? AI. Why do we need- Just AI. Why do, why do we need a backup? Yep. I'll don't drone need it. a pilot. I don't care. Yep, I'll drone done. that shit. Yep. I don't need a, an air steward. I know how to put on a fucking life vest, whistle to attract attention, light yep. goes off in water. I know where the drinks trolley is. See ya, buddy. Yep, done. Get out of here, yep. you crazy kid. It's going to save us money. Take a day off. Yep, done. <laughs> Perfect. So exactly. Yep. AI for the win. AI for the fucking yep. win. Well, roadies solving airline problems <laughs> worldwide. Uh, we have been the South Road Boys. I am Joe. I am Troy. And we are the South Road Boys. <laughs> we certainly are.